May I tell the story in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning again, St. Michael's. I am always so happy to be here. I practically asked you right to I have to tell you, it's my turn. <laughs> Our God is always imitating inviting us to go deeply into the mystery of God's very self. We may not hear or we may not heed those invitations, but they are always there waiting for us to respond. Today in our scripture we read, Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there. We're told the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. Moses remained. It what looked to the people like a devouring flame on top of the mountain. And he stayed there for the weeks and for the nights. Jesus invited, led James, Peter, and John to the mountain. Again, the glory of the Lord comes to the mountain. But this time, God's glory is manifest in Jesus, revealing his glory. In the Gospel of John, we read, And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. And in the three other Gospels, we always have this transfiguration narrative. James, John, and Peter experienced the fullness of the mystery of Christ, the incarnate one. The revelation is set in the gospel narratives in close proximity to Jesus telling the disciples how he was to die. So there is a stark contrast between the glory revealed in transfiguration and the proclamation that he would die a death on the cross. It must have been confusing for the disciples. How can the Messiah talk of dying? What is the meaning of on the third day I will rise again? So now we come to the hard spiritual work of opening our hearts to the glory of God, wrapped in suffering, death, and resurrection. Our Lenten journey is about accepting, once again, the invitation of God to come to the mountain where we can know and be known by God. Icons of the Transfiguration are among the earliest works in this form of religious expression. The former Archbishop of Canterbury and theologian, Roland Williams, reflects deeply on this image of transfiguration. Allow me a moment to share it with you because it will help us to see the image. I thought as I was preparing this, of course, checking Google for images, I wish it was about 20, 30 years younger and understood technology. Because I could go on the screen, of course, and you can all see the icon. But now you have to imagine, okay, you have to go the old-fashioned way. I read about how Roman Williams describes this. The Eastern Christian representation of this event 
has been much the same for nearly a thousand years. It is one of the most dramatic and distinctive images in the tradition. Christ, his robes pure white, stands on a rocky outcrop. Often his feet do not actually touch the ground. He is placed against the background of a darker color, a red or a deep blue or both, in concentric circles or oval mandalora shapes, <clears throat> or especially in later versions, stars, another 15th century forward, or similar geometric patterns. Moses and Elijah, of course, as we read, stand on peaks just on either side of Jesus. And further down the very steep, craggy mountain are the disciples. And I love the way they picture the disciples because it to me has a reality that they've seen Jesus in his glory and in the icon and toward the sliding down the mountain almost are the three disciples all covering their arms, sprawled on the ground. They're just knocked over by the presence of Jesus in this room as he has made known his glory. And so we this morning, you do not look knocked over today. If we think about this transfiguration, this moment, when Jesus opens up the inner dimension, who he really is. Again, Roland gives us a profound insight when he writes, belief in Jesus is seeing him as the gateway to the endless journey into God's love. What overpowering thought. Jesus as the gateway to the endless journey into God's love. On this last Sunday of Epiphany season, we stand on the threshold of Lenten observance. This is the invitation of our scriptures to enter into a new awareness that we are on an endless journey into God's life. As the disciples learned on the mountain with Jesus in the moment of transfiguration, this will be a shocking, and perception altering journey. The icon of the disciples in the icon, they are shielding their eyes. They're thrown to the ground by what they are witnessing. The shock comes, Renee writes, from realizing this means that God's life is compatible with every bit of human life, including the inner terrors of Gethsemane fear and death, and the outer terrors of Calvary, torment and death. Our scriptures in the weeks ahead will lead us to two more mountains. The first mountain will be the Mount of Temptation, then to the Mount of Here, the disciples will be shocked again. Can the Messiah actually die on a cross with common criminals? Is this the journey into God's life? The terrain of the journey of Jesus from this moment to Calvary is one. I wonder if this moment of transfiguration planted a seed of strength 
in the disciples' hearts as they moved deeper into the mystery of Jesus Christ. Is this revelation, this understanding of Jesus as Son of God, the beloved in whom God is well pleased, is this what strengthened them for the ministry they were to share with Jesus? And then for the events or Good Friday. I liken this moment shared by the poet to the moment shared by the poet Annie Dillard when she wrote about coming upon a tree and seeing it as if for the first time. Some of you are familiar with this from Oberlin Tinker's Creek. It was less like seeing than being the first time seen, not breathless by a powerful glance. The disciples were not breathless by a powerful glance of Jesus' manifest fullness. The poet Gerard Manley Hopkins has these words. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out by shining from straight forward. It gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil crushed. Why do men then now not wreck his rod? The world is charged with the grandeur of God. I felt like I've been my whole life again. So we have this moment to go deeply into our gospel and see God's glory that will sustain us through the lengths of our lives, through the times of suffering, and yes, even at the end, when we will transition from this life. Jesus is revealing this to us, his disciples. And the church sets it before us as we begin our Lenten journey, to journey deeper into God's love. I conclude with the words of Roland Williams. But if we have seen his glory on the mountain, we know at least whatever our terrors, that death cannot decide boundaries of God's love. With him, the door is always open and no one can shut it. God's door is always open to us. And Jesus is that apron into God's divine, everlasting, and fathomable love. And that is our Lenten journey into God's divine, fathomable love. Even more than we think that there is something we are thinking of. We are God is with us in God's love. This is your Lenten invitation. Journey to the Amen. Amen.